Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the King. We bless the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this night, the day you've given us. Uh, we humbly request and ask, as usual, for our understanding to be open, your words of truth to penetrate, sink deep down in our hearts. We give you glory for all things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I got, just got off the phone again with uh, Pastor Farrell, and, um, and they, they really... Really, a truly um, are excited about us as as well as as we are about them, and um, they're 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 all of them are down there trying to make plans for what's lot children to to come up here within the next couple of weeks. So if they come up here in the next couple of weeks, then we got some preparation due in order to receive them. I'm, but I'm sure we're going to have a good time, though. Um, good time in the Lord, good time in fellowship. It's good to um, be able to uh, see people. Because, you know, they're, they're starving a lot for the truth. Because the truth, there was a lot of truth opened up unto them that they've never had the opportunity um, to have opened. And that is a, a blessing. And, of course, I, you know, I'm... I told him, I said, no, you come on up here. I'll, I'll be taking my seat because I need to sit down and hear from another preacher myself as well. That's just, I, believe me, I like you. I, I actually like it when other preachers come. We're not like them other places where when the preachers come, you know, uh, people brace themselves because they never know what's going to be said. I said, no, nah, y'all ain't going to say nothing. And our, our saints don't have, un I mean, uh, onion skin. You believe that. Our skin is, um, no, you, you, you come with the word, you all right. Isn't that right? <laughs> Glory to the king. But Jesus is good, isn't he? Now, now where are the flamers? All of them? Oh, okay, I understand that. Okay. All right, praise the Lord. Now, believe it or not, our, our children are a whole lot more disciplined, believe it or not, than what they, theirs are. Because they're going to, you know, experience a little shame. They're going to learn a little bit. Um, um, so I guess we're really going to have to try to hasten to get that wall up. You know what I mean? Because, boy, the last thing I'm going to hear is all them children screaming. Because I'll stop service in a minute, and pastor already knows that. I sure will, boys, and man, y'all, because, you know, all the children, when we down there, and first they all, when you go place, they all, you know, they all look at you. And then it ain't too long, they all are around, <laughs> you know what I mean, up in your lap and, you know, doing everything and looking at you and talking with you and carrying on the conversation with you, which is good. Well, it's good. 
So even though they heard some of the preaching stuff, they figure I'm not as mean. I guess as I appear to be, which I don't ever really try to be mean. You know, it's just that whatever, whichever way the word comes. Hallelujah. God is good. And he is good all the time. So we look forward to being able to see them come up here so y'all can actually lay eyes on them and, and see a people who are actually like us are striving to enter in and, and actually doing some of the same things that, that we have already done. And that's a blessing right there. When they're looking to do what we're doing and have already been doing and living and, and um, really striving to. You know what I mean? And um, it, it's just a blessing to be able to uh, meet people like that because it lets us know that, that we're not the only people who God, uh, by the power of his spirit, when people are really truly listening and paying attention, able to hear his voice and to, and to do those things. Because everybody don't want to do this. Brothers. I, mean, I mean, people have, have gotten so much wrapped up in mammon um, that, you know, being a real true Bible Living, believing Christian is just not even in, you know, it's not even a thought anymore. That's, and that's what Egypt or America has done to the mindset. You know, you have all these modern day conveniences and, and all these other things. And if your spirit don't know how to handle them, you understand what I mean? You, know, you forget the reason why God saved. I know that when God saved us, my heart was just different, kind of like yours. That's different. I mean, he didn't save me to keep me out in the world. That was an automatic. And my steps from that point on has always, have always been contrary to the same step in time that the world walks in. Amen. I knew that every bit of it from that point on that he was um, getting us ready. And that's what the Bible talks about. The Bible speaks to us like this. He says, you know, now this is after you've been saved, after you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You count that you may, you, you, that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things and enter. I mean, it, it is something, brothers and sisters. You know, and, and a lot of people, they... Tell people, okay, once you're repenting of your sins, you're saved, and you just sit down on the pew and just just uh, do the best you can until Jesus come. But that ain't the way the gospel is, the way we see it. No, sir, it is it is a life. Uh, your life ended when Jesus came in. And Jesus gave an example when he chose the 12 disciples. Their life, their life ended. It was over. And because we have been influenced by society, the, the American notion, the thought pattern, uh, this distorts any view of what the Bible has to say because Satan uses and has always used the majority to try to preach a message to make the few Seem like that they're off message when actually the few are on point and on message. Hallelujah. And every real true saint of the most high really only has one yearning that actually stays constantly in their heart. And that is 
to see Jesus and his coming, his appearing. So, you know, I mean exactly what I say. It would serve me just fine if Jesus would just come right now. I don't have another day I need to see. I'm serious. He just, <clears throat> come on right now. <clears throat> just bust on through them clouds and, and transform us in a twinkling of an eye. And that's my hope. That is my hope. And that, and that does bring me comfort and joy every single time. I, th I think on it many times throughout the day. Throughout the day. Hallelujah. I ain't got to see nobody, got nowhere to go, got nobody to talk to, and got nothing else to do. I told one guy, I said, that's how you know your heart wrong. I said, and I asked him, I said, don't you wish Jesus would come right now? I said, ooh. I said, you ain't born again, I can tell you that. And if you claim to be born again, you got some serious heart problems. You got a heart murmur. Think about that. That you got something more important than Jesus coming. You got to check salvation because anybody's really truly born again. We ain't got to do nothing else. Not sure. Well, I, I, I like to marry a wife. I said, over Jesus coming? I like to have some children over Jesus coming? Yeah. Man, your mind perverted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I say you don't even know you have just got finished talking about somebody in the Gospels. You fit them to a T. Don't even know you just got finished fulfilling Scripture. Same spirit. Yeah. 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 Praise the Lord. Yeah. Thank God for being clothed in the right mind. Hallelujah. Proverbs 17, says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A merry heart. A merry heart. It's important that you keep a regulator on your heart. The heart consists of the appetites, the thoughts, the passions. It's what comes out of our mouth. Amen. A merry heart do a good like a medicine. It's up to you to keep your heart in a merry state. Mm. So don't you know throughout the day there's always going to be something to challenge your heart being merry? Of course, nothing challenges like thoughts that are not paid attention to. I mean, does not the scriptures teach us to be sober-minded? Isn't that something? I mean, God's trying to tell us, you, you're going to have to walk around in a high state of readiness. 
because they're always going to, I mean, it warns us so much about imaginations and thoughts and continually coming up on us over and over and over again. And that's what changes the countenance, the attitude, the action. It has so much influence. And that is the spirit world. But a lot of communication goes on that, it, that is constantly unchecked. See, over the years, we have developed the nature, and we have to be told over and over and over again that a lot of things that we have accepted as us is really truly not us at all. It's just that we have accepted a wrong behavior. We have accepted a behavior that has not been Christ-like. When David says stuff like the joy of the Lord is my strength, then how do you get that joy? And what is that joy? Well, the, hey, the joy is continually thoughts meditating on his word. Amen. Nothing brings peace like God's word does. It's one thing to be able to quote it, but it's another thing that it becomes a very part of you. That's when real true understanding comes. Or why you can delight in the Lord. Nothing feeds the hungry soul like the word of God does. But if, the, if, if that merriness is not in there, it's because you have not put it in there. David said, I will hide thy word in my heart that I might not what? So what does sin do? Sin will bring you low, won't it? Sin will bring you down, won't it? Huh? But the word in your heart, it, won't, it will constantly lift you up. So we got to become more active in, in some of this stuff. Well, I'm just thinking. Well, what are you thinking on then? Amen. If you're just thinking. You know what I mean? All this got to be checked, brothers and sisters. Because there's no way you're going to be able to discern spirits until you first learn how to discern yours. I mean, I watch all of us, even when you don't think I'm watching. I watch. I watch actions. And I say certain things just to see what type of reaction I'll get and stuff. Because I'm, I'm always looking. You understand what I mean? Always looking. And you have to understand, I mostly deal with people that they speak and they do without any conscious thought or whatsoever what they're doing. We've all been used to walking in a state of numbness. And they put the D on the beginning of that word too. Dumbness. Okay? I mean, really, I, I hate to insult us, uh, but it's just a fact. It's a literal fact. And you know, if we don't do what the Bible says, it's impossible for us to please God without actually putting it in action. I mean, if you take an account, I didn't ask you, you don't have to count every single one of them, but if you've taken account of every thought ever come up in your mind today, don't you know it's trying to set life and course for that day for you? And how was that course? Was it a joyful course? Was it a lazy course? Or was there anything really going on or nothing going on? I mean, this stuff got to be checked. Because while you're thinking it's you all the time, you're going to come to the reality of what really truly is you. See, to become a servant of the Lord, you, you, you become a servant of Jesus. You serve his word. Is that right? Let me just use the example of a knight. You know, a knight is um, one of those men who used to ride horses and, and their sole purpose for living was to guard the king. All right? When, does it, when did that knight ever stop being a knight once he was a knight? Never. Everywhere he went, he was a knight. So when does a saint ever stop being a saint? Never. Everywhere you go, whether saints are present or not present, 
you're always a saint. So that means you are always in a war. And you should always be ready for war. And the first place the war is going to take place is in the mind. That is where the battlefield is. The battlefield is the mind. So to stay encouraged and always to be ready to fight, you got to have a merry heart because the Bible says that it doeth good like a medicine. That means there's healing in a merry heart. Healing will bring a merry heart. A lot of people don't know that, that their body is so emotionally controlled because of thoughts that they refuse to do something about or, or have never done anything about that it brings about a sickness upon them. Brings a heaviness and a weight upon them. And then it goes on to say, but look at this, but a broken spirit, a rejected spirit, a broken spirit, a rejected spirit. Think about that. We've been talking about spirit of rejection lately. Don't rejection when you're broken, don't rejection breaks your spirit. And but look what the purpose of a broken spirit is. Huh? What does it do? Dry of the bones. And the Bible talks about the bone. What, what, what is the marrow? Where's the marrow? The bones. It's in the bones. Isn't that right? Now, what does that marrow do? The marrow is what in your, hey, if that's pretty weak, then your immune system is pretty weak. Isn't that right? Whoever heard the scriptures talking about to the joints and marrow? You think it's talking about joints, huh? Talking about the literal marrow in your bones, huh? No, it's actually trying to bring us home. It's trying to bring about, it's using these words, these analogies to get to something. See, we're spiritual beings. When the spirit gets out of this body right here, all you have is just a dead body. But it depends on how healthy your spirit is. It's going to determine how healthy your body is. Now, the the devil, he works two ways to try to destroy this particular body right here. First through the natural means, and then second through the spiritual means. What do you mean first through the natural means? Because that's how we only have learned how to discern things. I know it's first that spiritual, then that which is natural. I know that what's wrong with us is the things that's showing up in the natural is because there's a spiritual problem. But we only... We've all been accustomed to actually taking a look at the problem when we see it with our physical eyes. Or we feel it when it's manifesting rather than catching it before it takes place. So we hadn't been walking in the spirit, we've been walking in the flesh. Because when you walk in the spirit, you don't fulfill the what? Lust of the flesh and then thoughts unchecked that are contrary to the word of God. What is it going to do? Act out of the flesh. Isn't that true? Sure it is. It's a spiritual walk every single day. And we have ignored the spiritual side of it. Jesus never did. But we have. Even with us preaching and teaching on it over the years and stuff, we're still not walking in the spirit like we should be. There are many, many days that we're overcome, countenance fallen, because something didn't go right or a challenge in our mind. And, of course, what's all in the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and what? Pride of life. What is the lust of the flesh? Well, there's always something come up that you want to do. But never, ever, there's never a drive in there to be more holy, to be more pleasing to God. 
The joy just don't seem to just, I mean, there's really no fervency in that, is it? See what I'm talking about? But when a dream or an ideal or something comes, and, and if there's roadblocks to that dream and idea, that's when we get cast down. Things just not seem to be happening the way that I think it all should. But the Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord. Why? Because we're missing the first aspect of things, things pleasing the Lord. Should not please our own self first, should please the Lord. And then all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. And he's jealous. He wants preeminence in everything. So you have to keep your heart merry because a broken spirit, it does what? It drives the bones. Well, a lot of sicknesses come in because you're not walking around in a high state of joy. And there's nothing that can remove your joy like a thought. You can be up one minute and boy can take you low. Woo! Like sweeping a rug right off from under you. And yet they're not real, huh? And they don't have so much influence, huh? Isn't that something? So while everybody's trying to tell you to take the next calcium product, drink more milk, so you have healthy bones. They haven't showed you the latest studies in the survey showing it is going to do a lick of good. The Bible is just flat out true. Envy is as rottenness to the bone. Seems like a lot of things attacking the bones, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that something? So to see it God's way is the way it ought to be seen. Isaiah, the 54th chapter, we're going to go there for a minute. We're going to read some verses, all right? <clears throat> His word is spiritually discerned. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine inhabitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither shalt neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and thou shalt remember the reproach of the thy widowhood, what, no more? Can you see what it's all talking about? Hmm? And a whole bunch of things in your life that has caused you to be ashamed of, and God is wanting to remove all that. And even says you get to the point that, that even the shame of your youth is not even going to be remembered no more. That's why we talk about things like this, because they bring about victory. We do. You understand. I mean, um, I, having my two natural brothers after the flesh here, uh, they'll bring up some things that, that was done a long, long time ago, you know, in our childhood and stuff. And they, Don't you remember that? I go, no, I don't remember none of that. I, I can barely even remember my 20s and some of the things done. Because there's a lot of things, you know what I mean, that it, if it, you know, didn't bring any profit. You understand what I mean? 
And that's a lot of foolishness that I still have yet got to get out of it. Got out of it. I don't even want to remember. But definitely there's nobody here that want to remember any sins. Because whether you like it or not, every sin has a root of rejection in it. Every single one. Amen. Seem like the whole world, you know, like the whole world is retail. You got to do a buying and selling on it. It seems like the whole spiritual world got to do with rejection. You do things to be accepted and you get rejected. You try to love and you get rejected. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, the rejection is just all over the place. The things that you experience a time before Christ, God wants you to forget those things. Because they don't do them but bring a weight. So you don't remember those shame. Remember the shame, nor the rejection of it anymore. But look at this. For thy maker is thine husband, and the Lord of hosts is his name. And thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. Look at this. For the Lord have called thee as a what? Woman forsaken. Isn't that something? You know what a woman forsaken feels like? Lord have mercy. If you don't know what a woman forsaken feel like, just imagine you being forsaken. That's rejection. Hmm? Well, God did call us like a woman forsaken. Because as Jesus was despised and rejected, we was out there serving Satan, and even Satan didn't want us. Now, come to that knowledge. Isn't that something? And his little spirits having a field day with our ignorance. Amen. And grieved in spirit. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And a wife of youth when thou was refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I do what? Gather thee. How is we forsaken? Well, remember. One man, Adam, sin came into the world. The small moment of him, because, you know, time to God is just, you know, a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. You know what I mean? And so he came and then, bam, he brought us back again. When you really truly look at this chapter right here, it has to do with being rejected because God hated sin and then turn around and then buying us back and accepting us back right back into the beloved. And it's a blessing to be able to, hey, it's a blessing when I sit up and start thinking about these things on my. Man, I was refused because God can't look upon sin, but he was able to receive me when he see the blood. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? Because you accept the blood and he turns around and he's, hey, I accept you just like a woman has been forsaken. Isn't that something? Then look what he says right here. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies have I gathered thee. Yet in a little while I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting what? Kindness. Did not God draw us with love and kindness? Man, I remember this day of salvation just like it was yesterday. And that's one thing I ain't never going to forget. I'm not going to, because I experienced a lot of pain during that time and a lot of joy. Both at the same time. I really did. And I was really seriously, um, if I can use this word, pissed off. When I found out how used and abused I've been by the lies of the enemy. Not that I was doing anything to make sure I'm looking for truth now. Because I wasn't. You understand what I mean? But the ideal of somebody standing up in front of me telling me, well, I'm going to 
tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm sitting here listening and stuff and trying my best to grasp whatever it could be. You understand me? Because my heart's being drawn towards it. And then to find out I've been lied to all this time. Ooh, I, I experienced some rejection again. I did, but, there, but that rejection also brought me to Jesus. Yes, it did too. And so in that aspect, I thank God for it. And that's just the truth. But with everlasting kindness, will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. God is always buying us back, redeeming us from our past, isn't he? And that's why we always talk about our conscience being sprinkled and being purged. That's one way you know you're a saint of the Most High God is when he can purge your conscience from sins that are past. I don't believe it's junk walking around in condemnation and all this other junk. I mean, you've already received the stripes on your back and stuff about the shame you experienced, did you not? You should have been ashamed of those things. Isn't that true? But then you're going to try to sit up and tell me because it pops up in your mind that the blood of Jesus is not able to sprinkle your conscience. Maybe you don't want your conscience sprinkled. Maybe you've been so used to rejection that you've got to have something to hold on to so you can feel rejected so that way at least you can feel something. Believe it or not, that's what battered women do. They'll, they'll turn around and want to be free from a man that will beat them and stuff and then go out and find another man and do the same thing. Or try to look or entice them or provoke them to be battered. To hit on them or anything. A man that never even had it in them. Because that's a, a form of acceptance. Now let me bring it spiritually. That's what we've done when we was um, in our sins before Jesus. Remember a bunch of battered people by Satan. Anytime he wanted, he could bring misery. Anytime he wanted to. Calamity. Any heaviness. Anytime he wanted to in our lives. And then Jesus came, loved us, was kind to us, saved us, washed us, cleaned us, purged us, redeemed us, and still in the process of doing all that. In other words, you know, this should be a walk of joy, even though you know we're in a hostile environment, knowing that the Redeemer lives. Because he, he's living forever to make intercession for us. He's living forever to make sure that we are not ever to experience rejection. So it's more than just putting men on his sin. This thing has got to be believed and lived before you can experience the power of the Holy Spirit and his deliverance. He came to let the press go free? Yes, he did too. Yes, he did too. For well, this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should be no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. Isn't that something? When is that going to take place? I tell you it's going to take place when we're with him in the kingdom. You understand? He ain't going to have nothing to reprove us and rebuke us for no more. Because when we see him, we're going to be just like him. Isn't that something? Now, when you think about that, a kingdom where no tears, no sorrow, nothing but joy is everlasting, that alone, that alone should just help dispel a lot of, of the rejections that you've experienced in life. 
But it seems like that the enemy is always enticing us to think on the wrong things. But you can only do it if that's where your heart is. Because wherever your heart is, there will your treasure be also. You understand? A lot of times we become accustomed to a lot of things. We don't want to let them go because we don't got used to them. And we feel like they were empty without them. Well, I tell you what. I don't mind feeling empty without because I don't want no parts of any heaviness, any rejection. I'm, and I can, in that case, I can deal with that. I'll fill that void with the love of Jesus. Now, that, I can do that, and I can do it with his word. You see, but it, it takes more than just, uh, uh, just agreeing with it. You become, you're going to become active. See, one thing about growing in the spirit, there's nothing you can put your hand to and say, look how much I've grown in the spirit. It comes at the receiving, the acceptance. And not the rejection of it. Now, you know, rejection masks itself in many different ways when you're dealing with God. Yourself and God. Rejection masks itself in the ways of just not doing nothing at all. That's why you often hear the words. I mean, we, we develop some type of vocabulary around here. Apathy, complacency, lethargic. I mean, we go on and on and on. Sloth. I mean, we're, we're just words that try to identify what happens in the spirit. Now, does that mean you have to go around and bite your fingernails all day long thinking on God? No, no, no. Your nature. Your nature will change when you spend time with God. He knows that. That's why he tells us to study all the time. Spend some time with him. Now, we're always going to be rejected by the world since we're no longer walking after the same tune the same forms and the same fashions. Y'all got to understand, but that's good rejection. You understand what I mean? That's stuff that's good and that we don't mind experience. We love it. I mean, it kind of hurts a little bit when people don't want to hear you about Jesus. You follow me? But, man, I don't let it go too far. Uh-uh. I get to the point where I say, I'm glad it's you and not me. That's where that's saving yourself come in. For the mountain shall depart and the hill shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Isn't that something? Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord, that I have mercy on thee. You see what God got planned for us, brothers and sisters? Hmm? See what he got planned for us? We um, got a very, very bright future. Very, very bright future. But to be a county worthy in there to that kingdom, we got to develop our footsteps right now. Hallelujah. We're going to talk more and more and more about this spiritual part and stuff and almost say stuff uh, continually to try to put us in mind um, so we can get it. Because, you know, like I talked to that couple last week, um, you know, I know that they don't know what we know. And they don't know. You have to understand. Um, a lot of people come question you um, thinking that they know it. They already think that they know. People do. Mm -hmm. And they don't know what you know. But they really think they know. And it's hard for us to believe that somebody knows something more than we do. We never deal with people like that. We never deal with people looking to try to learn something. We're always looking to tell. Amen. A lot of times, if we did 
meet a man of wisdom and stuff, um, <clears throat> you know what we do? We wouldn't realize it because we're too busy knowing what we know. The only thing about the wisdom of God brings peace, though, don't it? That it does. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we, we got a lot of shaping up, as the old people used to say. And it comes with you being active spiritually. Am I making sense? When you get God's word in you, it takes care of a lot of stuff. God knows exactly what he's doing when he's saying, I want you to put your, my word in your heart. In your what? Heart. Where's your heart? It's your mind. When David said, I will hide, my, hide thy word in my heart, I will hide thy word in my mind. The enemy does everything he can to try to steal our peace, don't he? Hmm? What's the one way that Satan can take your healing away from you? By challenge that you've been healed. Healing some old process of time. So, as soon as you believe God for healing stuff, first thing he's going to do is throw a pain back up on you. Why? So you can get a confession out of you. Are you ignoring that the pain is not there? No, no, no. I know the pain, but I'm healed. Amen. By his stripes, I am healed. Now, I'm just sorry. I just believe God that he can do it. Not only do I believe he can do it, Believe is also put in action. And that's where the confession overcomes. Because how much faith you know you've gotten unless you come out of your mouth. Amen. We live in a dark world. Sorry to tell you that, but you already know it. We live in a dark world. And men love it. Love it. Got a love affair with it. Rather than like. That's why you have to check yourself because you don't, you don't watch yourself. You know, if you've got to be careful about what you're doing, if you've got an eeriness going on, that's letting you know that you're not walking upright. It's automatically letting you know something's wrong. And the more you experience that and deal with that, the more you grieve God's Holy Spirit. Would make any sense? Well, what the whole jest are you getting to? I'm just, well, what I'm getting to tonight is, is to walk in such a way so that you don't experience any rejection. Have you ever noticed how everybody else is important but you? In other words, you ever notice how, how much you pay attention and look at everybody else and then they determine how you're going to make your next move or how you're going to live or how you're going to judge or how you're going to... Ah, never mind. I often said it before that if people would pay more attention to themselves and be holy, everybody else would take care of themselves, wouldn't they? Amen. <clears throat> well, like I said, I haven't seen too many people around and we have known, and too many people that are coming. I haven't seen too many people that are, are actually trying to really live this thing through. I mostly experience casualties of war. I guess we the medics, huh? Hmm? I guess we the medics. We got to give them the right bandages. 
But if you ever think about it, if it wasn't us, then who? I didn't bring these emails up here. I got a whole slew of them again. Lord, have mercy. Some good, some bad, some blessing me out, some calling me everything. And I finally just told one woman, I said, I said um, let, let me tell you something. I said, I can tell you, you hadn't been taught nothing and you don't know nothing. You haven't learned anything. Whether you believe me to be a man of God or not, irrelevant. Irrelevant. But for you as a woman to sit and trade words with me like this, have you lost your mind? Well, I ain't even asking that question. You have lost your mind. And see, you're so hard-hearted and so cold and so indifferent and so Jezebel that you can't help but to do what you do because you're giving over. I said, isn't that something? Isn't that something? Is that not sound words? Why would a woman want to sit and trade words with man? I don't care if it's face-to-face or or over computer. It's a sickness. It really is. It's just sick, especially a man of God. Whether you believe him to be or not. So I finally said to her, I said, I tell you what. Tell you what, don't you write no more. I won't respond anymore to you. Because you're already hard. And if you do again, I will turn you over. And of course, I know to you that don't mean nothing too much. But if you do it again, I will turn you over. Now, you know what's going to happen, don't you? Hmm? Well, who knows? They may judge you all different kinds of ways. You know what I mean? I just said turn you over. I didn't put the last part in there. Because the way this religious world mind, they don't even know how to think. They'll think you're practicing witchcraft because you say something like that. They're so stupid. Did Paul ever turn somebody over Satan? For the what? See, I want to keep fooling around with me. She may get cancer. Well, the only reason why people take positions like that because I'm just as anointed, I'm just as much as saved and sanctified as you are. So was Cora Dathan and Biram, too. Yeah, they were, too. All God's people are anointed. That's what the book said. Sir, yes, ma'am. And when you got that kind of mindset and stuff, you got to understand, man, people don't think that. And I I don't mind turning people over. It's one of the last things I want to do. But I'm not going to sit up here and just trade words over emails, you know what I mean, and and stuff like you can't physically see the people. Then on the other end, I got uh, people, uh, praise the Lord, passed down. Amen. How I I can get there and do this and do that and – had another brother who I just got finished rebuking and reproving. Um, get another email from him, Pastor, I'm sorry. Now, is he sorry because he's sorry for me or sorry because of something that, I mean, you know, I don't know. Brother says you ain't going to get around man, no way, shape, fashion, or form, as long as you're on this earth. Whether it be naturally or spiritually, somebody always going to be over you. Because then somebody says, well, who over you? Why don't you go talk to him? I dare you go talk to him, see what he say. Here I answer you. I mean, walking down the road one day and give you a good answer. Or give you a dream, give you a real good answer. 
Oh, yeah, he will answer you. All you do is talk to him. Because it's all about Jesus. His will, his way. It really is. So then I have to pull one of my little statements again, you know. I'll tell you what, here we go again. See, I'm not going to be saying it for a long time. Somebody right? Somebody is wrong. <clears throat> and since neither one of us are willing to admit to are willing to admit that I'm wrong, we just going to just see in judgment day, isn't we? I said, I'm content to take this to judgment. Hope you are, because whether we whether we like it or not, neither one can do nothing about it. It is going to go to judgment. And on that day, somebody's going to be right. Somebody's going to be wrong. See, people today they live for today because they think this is that all that there is. If we knew that there was a future judgment pending, you know how holy we would be in all manner of conversation and lifestyle? Do y'all realize that? Do y'all realize how careful we would be with just each other? You know, it's one thing to do good unto all men, but you're supposed to be doing this. This is a special attention right here. And boy, y'all to see some of the things we, ooh, the saints of the most high with each other, it ought not to be. It's one thing to do good to all men. And you know, there's one thing we got bad around here. We, we would do more good to an animal and have more affection for an animal than we will especially to the household of faith. I'm serious. This play, I'm serious. Because well, everybody around here already know Brother Doug in opposition. Hmm? We'll kill every one of them and sleep real good at night. Don't care they're young or old. Don't care how puppy dog eyes they look, I'll kill them all. Every single one of them won't lose one bit of sleep. It'll hurt you more than hurt me. But what's disturbing to me, though, is, is how we'll have all this affection for these animals. You remember that time when everybody had their own little so-called dog or puppy and how much strife it caused around here? Wasn't that sad? Hmm? I said, well, we can take care of that. Then I watched some of us so hypocritical. If it's somebody else's dog, we don't like it. But if it ain't nobody's dog, all of a sudden you like dogs. You don't like, you, know, you didn't like that dog, but you like this dog. You're a hypocrite. You're a lying hypocrite. Sister Carol said, I don't like horses. And when I say I don't like horses, that means I don't like no horse. I don't care what horse it is. I don't like horse. I said, now you're not a hypocrite. She said, ain't now that's just me personally. Somebody else can like horse. They can like, I do not like horses. So when I say I don't like horses, there's not a horse that I like. And then what, what were we talking about the other night? Isn't that right? See, but you don't like that dog, but you like that dog. But you don't like that dog. We some hypocrites. We need to learn this hypocrisy. We really do because, see, this stuff transfers over to humans. We don't like that brother, but we like that brother. We don't like that sister, but we like that sister. Especially to the household of faith. We have to learn how to talk. We don't even know what we like. That, that's how we become mixed up in mind. Isn't that something? Praise the Lord. 
See, if it wasn't for the good teacher, we would never really understand. We have nothing to, to excite our minds, to let us know the hypocrisy that's in us. Amen? How many folks in here like, uh, let's just use, how many people like sneakers? All right, keep that hand up. Now, how many people like Butterfingers? Hmm? Hmm? Now we're going to work on the feet. <laughs> now, how many in here like um, Heath Toffee Bars? <laughs> Heath Toffee Bars. You guys see what I mean? Now, how many of those like chocolate-covered raisins? <laughs> Y'all understand what I mean? <laughs> now, I'm, the reason why I'm doing this, I'm doing it for a reason. Because see, everything I named got chocolate in it. Well, what's the part you don't like? Well, I don't like that. All right? Well, if I said, all right, watch this then. How many people like peanuts? All right, put your hands down. How many people like raisins? Hmm? Isn't that something? Starting to get a little bit less, though, isn't it? Think about it. A amen. Now, everybody likes caramel, right? Caramel. Isn't that something? Now, how many people like high fructose corn syrup? See, y'all hypocrites. <laughs> y'all hypocrites. See, because that stuff is right there in the mix of all that. What I'm saying, the only thing I'm doing is just letting us using examples to show us our mind. We don't know what we like. I mean, now, if you think about it, if you had knowledge, the reason why some of us didn't answer because we have knowledge of what high fructose corn syrup can do to you. And to some of us, if we don't have no knowledge, it don't make no difference because it don't bother me none. Well, right now, you don't look like it bothers you none. You got to watch your attention span, though. If it can only last for about five seconds, then you probably got some high fructose tolerance. You did, that, that all timers is coming quick. Seem to happen all the time. <laughs> it, uh, amen. All, hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> it's just true. Now, there's some things we've learned to divest ourselves of. Isn't that right? How many of us like the superfood? The green stuff. Y'all like it, huh? I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Now watch this. How many of us like scrambled eggs? Eggs over medium. Eggs over easy. Raw. Y'all hypocrites. See? You like egg, you like egg. Now, it would be a difference if you say, I don't like the way she cooks the eggs. Now you you alleviate yourself from the egg and you're putting it on the person. What are you getting to, Pastor Dow? Same thing you need to do when, he, when we're walking in the spirit and we're fighting against the devil. Whatever's right spiritually, we got to know why we don't like it. Now, I like Sister Carol here because she fixed it the way I like it. Hmm? I may not like sky eggs. Does sky ever even cook eggs? Oh, okay. I don't like those eggs. You can throw them against the wall, and they bounce off like a rubber ball. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Anybody like those eggs? <laughs> Look at Brother Richie. Yeah, I like them. I mean, if y'all can just use stuff like this to judge yourself, you wouldn't believe how, how, how well you would do spiritually. How many people like coffee? All right. How about Maxwell House? Folgers. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? Ugh. See, I'm very biased on that mess. I mean, uh-uh. Mm -mm. I just can't drink any coffee. I guess I'm a hypocrite. But I just cannot drink any coffee. That Folgers blend, that stuff, I don't know what they get that mess from. But they got it from somewhere. <laughs> and wherever it come from, it need to go back to where it came. <laughs> and that's just the truth. Amen? We're going to deal a lot of, a lot in, in spirit, spiritual warfare, but uh, like I said, Pastor Farrell and them, and they, they, they are getting things ready, you know, because they, they have a business. They have a heating and cooling business, so they have to try to plan things around them. And, um, and uh, they're they going to come on up. So we're going to, I mean, it's probably about 25 of them, 25, 30 of them. Lord, I, I told them, I said, well, y'all get here, brother. Oh, man, we got to find out when y'all going to get here or something so y'all can have time to rest and stuff. Because y'all get here, you know, I'll, the people that didn't drive it, they everybody want a fellowship. Well, y'all fellowship, don't get into questionship. Yeah, we already know that here, right? We're getting a fellowship. Everybody, some people, fellowship is questioning ship. Amen. But we want they want to get the fellowship and then. Boy, I tell you what, if, if the Holy Spirit leads and we bust out in the mass deliverance in this place, boy, we, we, we probably going to be here at 3 o'clock in the morning. I better probably talk to him just in case. Say, man, you better make sure y'all have plenty of time. Plenty of time because we bust out in the mass deliverance, boy, you, you know, I call it general deliverance because you used to put mass deliverance. Some people think you're Catholic. See how intelligent people are? I believe in not asking. I'm serious. I got to deal with this dumbness like it's all the time. Mass deliverance. You, you, you Catholics. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your truth. We pray these sins sink deep down in our heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for all things. Amen. I tell you, isn't it sad? Stuff I got to deal with. Y'all see something.